Welcome to the Culture Quarter with Adam Coleman. Adam Coleman owns and runs one of Ireland's only deliberately developmental organisations. At the time of launching Interlocker, Adam did not realise what a DDO was. But after having created his ideal company culture, a friend and consultant from a major firm in Ireland informed him that he had indeed just created one. Adam had crafted his ideal work culture for himself, his family and his employees at Interlocker. We at Interlocker have persuaded Adam to finally document and record his lessons learned so that he can inspire and guide other business leaders so that they can build their dream company culture. Welcome to the Culture Quarter with Adam Coleman. What do you mean by pay and reward? Well, it really depends on the type of organization that you're actually working in. But basically, uh, the market that we address specifically is the knowledge worker-based market, which are people who want careers in general, right? And when I, when I say they want careers, is that there's fairly well-established routes to developing those careers, be it accountancy, be it marketing, be it HR, be it engineering, be it IT, if you know what I mean. So it's 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 a knowledge-based workers. Um, and they look at things on pay and reward. Pay basically being is what I'm getting paid for turning up and doing the job. And reward is what reward is in it for me. Um, as my career progresses, as my experience enriches, um, and people should look at it in two ways, really, is what, what the company are paying for me to do what I'm doing now, and more importantly, what are the company investing in me for the future? And why do you think that pay and reward is, imp- is important? Well, we all have to eat. <laughs> that's a good that's a good incentive for pay, right? <laughs> and we all need to get up as high up the Maslow's hierarchical needs as we possibly can. And obviously the first part is, you know, can I breed, eat, shelter, all that sort of good stuff. And then you get into more enriching areas and you start looking at self-worth and all that sort of stuff and right through to self-actualization as if anybody ever gets there. But um, we'd all thrive to get there, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but pay is, pay is about the here and now and reward is about where we're going it's buying into a story buying into where the organization is going to where you can go from a career perspective within that organization and if you take an open and transparent approach to that your retention, roof, your retention rates will go through the roof and how do you think that pay and reward actually impact firstly attracting employees and then retaining them afterwards well I think attracting them is dictated a lot by what the market is saying. But there's been a shift on that from uh, move away from high salaries and high reward packages. And many people are replacing those with flexible packages. Be it I can work from anywhere, I can I, I don't have a strict nine to five regime, you know, maybe the company is working towards a four-day working week. There's all of these other things that impact the actual uh, the attraction piece. Um, the story of a company is the attraction piece. I can tell you straight out, Ronan, and you know this well, we have never, ever been short of candidates. And, mm-hmm. and, it's, it's, and it's not about that we're paying in the top 2% or anything like that. We're, we're providing a balanced and a blended approach to life and work, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we're living to our MTP, which is basically to make life and work easier for both employer and employee and to allow the employee to manage their career in that company, dash, dash, and beyond, because that's where the pay is. The pay is where I am now. The reward is where I'm going to next. 
Yeah, and do you think that the pay and reward approach that you're speaking of um, actually helps to keep employees engaged while they're in the business? Oh, no, for sure, because they're always looking at, like, one of the, we're scaling now quite rapidly, and we're, we're probably going to take a little bit of a break because we're, uh, we've probably added about 20-odd people in the last, I'd say, three months. And uh, it's getting to the point when somebody comes on a call now and going like, my God, have I met this person before? And of course I have, but it's it's getting to a stage now where it's it's processes are really important. And I have a, I have a great uh, COO in Cristal who is literally like the process queen. Mm-hmm. And while she would say that I don't like processes, I do. I, I They're a necessary evil. If In order for us to scale, we have to have processes. And inside of those processes are basically selection processes, career path processes, where we're going. So when we have a new job that's cropping up, the first thing I always do is, I think, is there anybody internally who has voiced a wish or a want to move into this area? And what we do is we might float that as part past that person to say, do you want to do this as part of your job? You know? And you build on what they want to do within, within the realm of what you want to do. And sometimes when that goes out of sync, the person decides to leave the business. And that's okay too, you know? Mm. Because when, when, they, when the principles of both parties and the motivations of both parties are staying in, going in the same direction, you're going to have a wonderful, wonderful culture. When they go off stray, all you need to be able to do is recognize that they're going off stray and act as adults. And then either the person comes back online or they exit the business because it's the right thing for them to do. And that leads on nicely to the next question. Um, what what causes this, this approach to lose balance? If you apply too much of the stick and not enough of the carrot, and that's a very, very steady balance to take because you want to, you know, if you want certain behaviors, you can reward to get those certain behaviors. But you have to make sure that when you're setting objectives like that, that drive behaviors, that drive sales, that that drives reward, okay, if you look at it in the productivity area, mm-hmm. then you have to make sure that the ultimate goal is the goal of the company, followed by the goal of the individual, or, or sorry, followed by the goal of the team, followed by the goal of the individual. Mm-hmm. And when that begins to stray and creak, as it always does on occasions, because ideally you have ambitious people who are hungry for success and they will come to clash on occasions. But you have to have the constitution to be able to deal with those situations when and they truly occur and they will occur. How do you handle requests that imbalance pay and reward for the company? I'd say that you're a very polite way of saying if somebody comes in and demands a salary of X, is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or I'm leaving. Well, the ultimate thing that you'll have done is you'll have identified that person's key successor already, depending on the size of the organization. I know when you're a smaller organization, you're growing and you don't have replacements for certain roles, end of. But you should always get yourself into a situation that not one person is driving the strategy of the business. And even even if it gets to that situation, which you can do when you're in early stages and you're 15 to 20 employees, um, it can be a point that, okay, well, if Mary does decide to leave, what is the impact? How does that set us back on the sales for the next nine months? I know what it says about Mary going forward, 
because she's putting a gun to our head. So therefore, she her credibility has gone down to the floor. But how can we make the best of a of a bad situation without damaging the overall revenue of the business and the culture of the business? And there are things that need to be taken into consideration. And it's literally data, it's and math, it's data and math, and a little bit of behavioural psychology thrown in for the crack. Okay, <laughs> brilliant. Um, Adam, could you discuss your uh, a preference for us? Could you discuss your preference between intrinsic rewards, which are rewards that are non-tangible but result in higher levels of job satisfaction, um, or e extrinsic rewards, which are tangible rewards that staff receive upon doing a good job, or financial rewards, which is obviously positively adding to the overall employee's financial status? What would your preference between those three be? I think everything has to be a combination of the three. If you look at it in, in, I can't even say the word, intrinsic rewards, non-tangible, so there's flexibility. I can work anywhere I want. I can drop my kids off when I want. I can do X, Y, and Z. I can, you know, I, I can take a wellness day. I can do all this sort of good stuff. That's all the wellness and the intrinsic and the, the, the linking of the work and the life blend. Mm -hmm. The tangible rewards is actually what I get for doing the job. And the positive uh, and the and the financial rewards, I presume you're talking about when you talk about financial status, you're talking about planning for the future for for a, for financial exit, be that personal exit or be a company exit. I think every like if you think about where we reward our staff here, we have very, very flexible um, working arrangements. We kit out their 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 uh, their place at home, their place of work. Um, we make sure that's as comfortable as possible. We're, we're flexible in hours. We give good holidays and give good other tangible rewards, such as if you want to go and work for charity for, for a day, you can. And then you get tangible rewards. And tangible rewards are basically an interesting one because it's it's basically your basic salary mm -hmm. and, and what is seen as basic remuneration, which is, you know, very, very quickly flowing into not just salary, but also basic payroll and various other things that are happening. Ones that are being sort of like stressed on by the overall market and other ones that are required to be compliant, you know? Yeah. And then the financial rewards is an interesting one because I like the financial rewards on the basis of looking at them from a point of view of deferred gratification, share options, classic, right? Mm -hmm. And I say to everybody in HR Locker that roughly about a thousand share options in HR Locker are currently worth about I think it's about 12 to 13,000 um, euros if we were to sell in the morning, for instance. So I say to everybody that basically get your hands on 4,000 share options between now and we liquidate the company or it's sold off or whatever. And if we do what we said we'd do in the next four years, that'll be worth 400,000. And that's a life-changing amount of money. It was a life-changing amount of money for me when I was involved in Digifone in 02. Um, and it allowed me to take a breath, sit back, have a look around, see what was important in life and move on. I'd love to be able to give our employees that breath. Absolutely. So overall, you would say a blend of the above rewards work the best? Oh, by all means. Uh, like, again, if you want quick, fast profits, no. I'd say, you know, forget about the the um, the in, in, intrinsic awards. It doesn't really matter. Just pay them up to the hilt, whatever, maybe bonus them to, to heaven for now and then be prepared to basically hire them and fire them and let them off and go straight for profit. 
not a very nice place to be. But some people choose to go that way, you know? Brilliant, Adam, thanks for your time. No worries, thank you.